Hello, and welcome to the Path of Most Persistence. This is a place where we hear and share tenacious stories of overcoming obstacles with our partners who dare to share a bit of their own personal paths. Ms. Chrisma Jackson has quickly become one of our strongest supporters. She has participated as an expert in our Clean Smarts Masterclass for two years, providing exceptional content and additional colleague adding more expertise and perspective. Chrisma has helped us grow our network of outstanding individuals who have also contributed to our programming. In her day job, she is a senior manager leading the Nuclear Deterrence Special Projects and Use Control Group in the Advanced Systems and Transformation Center at Sandia National Laboratories. Chrisma began her career at Sandia National Laboratories in Livermore, California, as the member of the first class of the Nuclear Weapon Interim Program. In 2007, she moved to New Mexico and transitioned to the cybersecurity sensing domain. Chrisma was quickly promoted as she managed and led successful programs, research, design, and development of intelligent-based analysis for nuclear proliferation threats. She holds a bachelor's and master's degrees in mechanical engineering from Texas A&M University and a master's degree in engineering mechanics with a specialization in explosive theory from New Mexico Tech University. She has been on assignment at the Harvard Kennedy School National Security Fellows Program. Chrisma serves as a Sandia campus executive for Texas A&M University and Prairie View A&M University. Chrisma, it is such an honor to finally have you here with us today. Thank you, Valerie. It's great to be here. Thank you again. I know it took a bit of a coordination for us to coordinate the schedules and get you here, but you made the time. And, and I just want to say to you and to the audience, you always come from a place of yes. And it is interesting to me because we were just connected maybe two years ago, a year and a half ago, and this was through a mutual colleague. But very quickly and right off the bat, you said yes to someone you had not known before to a program that was new why did you say yes why do you come from the place of yes for me the drive to make a difference the drive to improve this world and make this world a better place to understand every opportunity is a chance to learn even when you're volunteering, I feel that as a volunteer and as you put yourself out there, you're learning and gaining just as much as the organization might get from you, if not more, because of the experiential opportunity and expanding your horizons. For me, whether it's traveling, volunteering, the opportunity space, every time is a chance to expand what I know, how I perceive this world, and how I can give back to this world. That is beautiful and so well said. And, and I want you to know, along with the audience, that um, from the very beginning, you have provided as the intro, as I attempted to acknowledge in the intro, such a level of expertise. And, and again, you've connected us to so many right off the bat. Um, thank you for that, because you're enriching our programs. And, and I, I'm amazed by that generosity of spirit. But 
I know we're limited on time, so there's so much to cover. And before we go into to some of these very specific issues, I want to talk about your current position and some of your current work, if you don't mind. Um, again, your introduction, I, I didn't give you justice to the, your accomplishments, and hopefully our audience will link and, and follow your bio and your CV. But... Can you talk a little bit about your positions, some of your responsibilities, and some of your most proud accomplishments? Absolutely. Um, just to touch on some things. So I came right out of Texas A&M and joined Sandia National Laboratories. Um, as a mechanical engineer, the last thing I thought I'd be doing would be working on nuclear weapons. Um, I always had a drive to work national security, but um, had this opportunity space and went out and went for it um, wanted to see if the grass was greener had never really lived outside of texas so going out to livermore california and living in the san francisco bay area was a big op big opportunity space for me to learn both from a sociological and cultural perspective but also being able to to get out there and, and go work for the national laboratories um, it was a great opportunity. I immediately was thrust into the nuclear weapons intern program, which was an opportunity to spend two years learning the history, the culture of how nuclear weapons are, are made, all of the different sites, both DOD and the NNSA, the National Nuclear Security Administration complex, mm -hmm. and, and truly understanding the what and the why, not just the how. Yes, and I, just for the purpose of the audience, I want to spend a little time on the nuclear weaponry side of things because for perhaps some of our audience, they may not have an appreciation or a true understanding of the type of work you do. I think sometimes when people hear either just the word nuclear or yes. and or with the word attached weaponry connected to that, sometimes they will automatically have a certain um, connotation. Mm -hmm. So. For our audience, just the general public, how do you explain the good in what you do? So the part of what I look at when I look at my job, who I am, and what I do, um, nuclear weapons are a deterrence. And the work I resonate with and the work I'm working on is associated with developing um, use control security systems and otherwise for the nuclear weapon stockpile specifically to make sure those weapons are never in the hands of those who shouldn't be using them and to enable the the president or or the and the command authority to use them when they need them and so those aspects drive me of how can i make sure it's a really difficult problem to prevent yes. use yes. Um, or to provide security and actually that's that's been a thread throughout my career is starting out as a newer staff member after the nuclear weapon intern program and going into um, surety of nuclear weapons, which is safety, security, and use control, mm -hmm. and then then transitioning into cybersecurity yeah. and microelectronics security, and then from there ending up looking at nonproliferation concepts, and then circling back now to the job I have today, which is back into use control and taking all of those learned, lessons learned and putting them in. I mean, how do we develop cryptological communication yes. and the proper command authority associated with nuclear weapons? How do we understand that infrastructure and make sure we provide the deterrence that our government is asking for? 
Thank you so much for providing that perspective because, again, I think for maybe some within the general audience, they don't always think about deterrence when we speak about this subject or ones that surround it. So thank you for providing that. But I want to know, too, uh, for our listeners, you know, you have this amazing uh, resume and these list of accomplishments, but when people see you, maybe some young women, maybe just not women, young students, others around, and they look at you, I'm wondering, they may wonder, did Chrisma always want to be in this field? How did you get to this field? And why did you stay? Um. So I ended up because I, I had had several internships and what I found through my internships, I didn't resonate with something I knew I wanted to do the rest of my life, but I was finding aspects that I, I realized I didn't wanna do. And that's what I, a lot of people I talk to mm-hmm. when they're deciding what to do, don't focus on you know exactly where you wanna go. Sometimes you know where you don't wanna go and that helps focus you. That's beautiful. and. So as I did my internships, I knew, number one, national security. I I liked the deeper purpose of having the national security um, thrust. Number two, I knew innovation was a key area. Having that technological innovation and thrust was something. And so as I was coming out of school with my master's degree and understanding, I was looking for jobs that provided those two, a resonance point associated with those two areas. Mm -hmm. Um, I interviewed several different places. And when it came down to the opportunity space, the ability to have um, responsibility and grasp onto a mission and run with it, Sandia National Labs happened to be the place where I felt I could fit and make the biggest difference. Um, Why nuclear weapons? Why not? Um, I know how competent I am. I know what I can do. I know what I can contribute. And um, why not me? I love that. And I want to start right there. I want to really zero in on that comment. You know you're aware of your competence. Okay. That is a glorious statement for someone to be able to articulate so clearly with such confidence. Have you always had that confidence? Do you sustain that confidence in your competency that you know what you know and you feel capable and good about what you do every day? Have you always had that? Um, I think because what I'm good at is not I, I, I will readily admit, I am not the best mechanical and engineer designer. Uh, and, you know, in, in getting into the CAD systems and, and developing and innovating that, um, and innovating the design areas and understanding the intersection of manufacturability and new design. But I know some amazing people who are. And where I can work and where I'm at my best is I can dissect a problem very difficult problems, break it down, find people to partner with, bring them together, whether it's, it's senior fellows at the lab or some of our entry-level staff who have innovative ideas that they bring in straight out of school. The intersection of those ideas, putting them together with those master designers, thermal analysis experts, electrical designers, circuit designers, the intersection of that builds beautiful things. 
And that's where we can conquer problems. We can develop innovations and designs come to to create beautiful things and solve some of the biggest problems we have. I love that. And and in previous conversations, we've talked about that intersection. And, and there's a phrase that has been used before, the edge effect, where those intersections connect, where they overlap. And to me, that's true genius. That is where genius takes uh, uncharted, um, takes us to uncharted places, to new projects, to new creativity. And for me, uh, especially getting to know you and your work and how you identify people, that is a level of genius that I really appreciate in you and, and that you so readily share that. In, in the individuals that you have connected our organization to that have enriched our programs, you've identified for, folks for us that have fit perfectly into our mission. How do you do that? Are you just... Is it because these people are within your network and you notice something amazing about them? Or are you analyzing our current projects and our partnerships and you are just constantly thinking of ways to connect to people? How does that magic happen for you that you've been able to make those connections? How does that look? So, Valerie, when, I, when, I, when you ask me that question, it's actually hard for me to articulate that. Um, when I meet people... I'm always amazed at the attributes and what they bring to the table. And um, I've heard a musician talk about they see music as color. They don't hear the notes. They see it as a color and a beautiful, they visualize the music. When I meet people and see projects and see things, I sometimes visualize before people even meet the intersection and what could be. And... What could be inspires me and drives me and ties back to making this world. How can we make this world a better place? If these two people met, what, what beautiful things could happen? And it's very hard, I think, for many people to articulate something about themselves that comes so freely, like breathing air, being in water. And I just wanted to make sure you know that we see for that. And I appreciate that our, our programs are enriched because of that genius that you have, that you can see things. And, and I think those intersections, those people that uh, can identify those traits, those connections are not given um, enough attention. And that's one of the aspects that I love so much about this platform, our podcast, is that we can have on some of our colleagues that have truly enriched our programs, but you do it so effortlessly and so selflessly that I'm quite sure that you don't even realize that about yourself. So I want to make sure in this conversation today that you realize that about yourself and that we acknowledge to you publicly that uh, it's it's true genius that I, I see and that, again, you've enriched our program. So thank you for that. Well, thank you. And because, you know, we speak of your talents, obviously academics, way off the charts, all these other talents that you have. But I want to go back to something I don't think you really touched on, the level of confidence that you have and the way you maneuver through your professionalism, your academic success. Have you always had that? Have you always felt secure and that level of confidence that no one can shake you? Have you ever had to persist 
over a circumstance, a feeling, a weakness that you perceive that you've had about yourself? Everyone has doubts. Everyone has self-doubt. And uh, the imposter syndrome, um, we all feel that. There is no question whatsoever. Um, for me, where I have to be careful and where I question myself is, does it fit within, do, do the, is the job that's being presented to me, does, is the item, you know, the, the, the trip I'm about to take, whatever it is, um, if I'm questioning myself, I have to take a step back and ask, why am I questioning myself? Yes. Um, does it not fit with the values of arti I've articulated, the things that are going to drive me, the things I'm naturally, is there something that I've done in the past that I can use to build upon? Um, I'll give an example. When um, I had come out of school as a, as a mechanical engineer, um, and then later got the degree in engineering mechanics with emphasis on explosives. All of that was very mechanically oriented and very physical in its, yes. in its substantiation from an engineering's perspective. Yes. Um, to pivot and move into the cyber area where everything are zeros and ones and virtual scared me. But at the same time, it scared me in a good way and I took a step back to ask why, and it was because I could build on the foundational elements I had in security systems and the knowledge and understanding and the philosophies associated with that to take that over into a new domain. And so part of my confidence lies in taking that step back, understanding the skills I can bring to the table, and pushing forward with those skills, whether it's a new hobby I'm taking on or a professional um, endeavor. What can I bring to the table and how can I demonstrate that? Um, because many skills lie in the interim and in, in the interstitial, as you've, you've called it. Um, and we have to show ourselves, improve ourselves sometimes. And when we do, people open their eyes and are sometimes shocked at what you can bring to the table. And it sounds as though you're, you have um, a constant uh, self-conversation with yourself as far as if you're on the right path, are you where you need to be? Is it, um, are you meeting your own expectation? And if you're not, how you would adjust and pivot. And I think for our young people that listen in that we so uh, very much try to encourage, I think that's important for them to know, especially uh, someone of your caliber, that it's a conversation, right? It's a negotiating within yourself, it's pivoting, um, making sure you're on the right mark, and if you don't quite feel certain, you adjust. Yes. and. I will admit, as I've gotten more confident and, and solidified my understanding of who I am, it's allowed me to articulate that better, to become more vulnerable as a word that's being used quite a bit today, um, and to speak more to others. And when I'm in that place where I'm uncertain, having a trusted group of peers that you can use as coaches and confidants to step through those places and ask, you know, have those interactions. Not, don't be afraid to have the conversations with others and use them as coaches to help you through those difficult situations. That's, that's wonderful advice because I think so many of us, when you hear the word 
being vulnerable, it's a sign of weakness when really it's a sign of desiring to be stronger, to strengthen yourself. Um, if you could go back in time, maybe to Christmas, 12 years old or 15 years old, what would you say to yourself or what would you wish you would have been told or what piece of advice would you have wanted to have received? Probably this that thought that vulnerability is not a weakness. Mm-hmm. That the things you go through, others go through. Um, I went through some significant life points, both personally and professionally, only to reflect and look at the world around me and go, others go through this. Don't feel sorry for yourself. You're normal because you've gone through these, not because you haven't. You know, it, Everybody goes through something. It's not what you go through. It's how you come out at the end. And what are you going to take from those things when life puts barriers in your way? How are you going to react and how are you going to learn from them? That's so, so well put. I want to uh, be sensitive to the time that we have together. And as we begin to wrap up, I want to ask you some of the things that you want to share that perhaps we haven't touched on at this point. Is there anything that you had prepared or you thought you might want to share that we haven't up to this point? Um, I, I just want to, to share and make sure we touch on the fact that, you know, there's a lot of strengths that may not be easily labeled, that people may be really brilliant in different ways. Um, and innovation and capability can lie in those in-between spots, in that interstitial. Um, when you look at some of the great secretaries of state, mm-hmm. um, when you look at some of the, the great innovators, Nathan Merivold, who has, is both a great baker and a physicist who's done amazing things in Silicon Valley and, and on with, with cyber. Um, some of the things that have happened in this world, um, even Yo-Yo Ma, happen at the intersection of genres and disciplines, technologies, parts of the world. Um, and so recognize that not everybody falls a traditional path and, and may not look as you expect the person to look. And so don't feel labeled. Don't feel like you have to fit that fold. And follow your passion, follow your strengths, and have that confidence to know you can make that difference. Thank you. Thank you for that. As um, we look toward what you're currently working on and what you hope to accomplish in the next few years, Are there any things that you can share with us, any projects, any adventures that you're looking toward or you're working toward? Um, Well, I have my bucket list of of travels around the world. Um, I think every time I travel, um, both the opportunity to to see the world, but also to experience and absorb the cultures, how they approach problems is is amazing and interesting to me. as I've gone to Europe and Asia, every, every entity has a different way they approach problems, whether it's technical, cultural, otherwise, in their government. Um, and so that's something along with how can I, how can I continue to make a difference with bigger problems um, and, and teams, meeting new people, connecting people, and you know, 
having fun. I'll just be really honest. That there's nothing like the satisfaction when when you see amazing things happen. There's great joy in that. And bringing joy to any aspect of your life has to be a good thing. I want to do something with you that we've just recently started. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I have some rapid-fire phrases that I'm going to present to you, and if you would, just finish them. There's okay. no right or wrong answer, but if you would so finish them, I'd love it. Okay? Ready? Sure. Okay, here we go. I believe in... The ability to do amazing things with amazing people. I love it. I trust that this world will continue to evolve and be a better place. I love the people I get to work with, live with, and my family. I fear. I fear we'll judge each other and point fingers rather than look at the good what we can of what we can do together. I forgive. I forgive those who do things for the right reasons but may have gone down the wrong path. I want. I want to see beautiful things happen. I believe in luck, hard work, or miracles. I believe in all three. I believe luck is due to hard work and timing. And when you bring that together with the right situation, miracles can happen. I persist because. To not persist would be to question why I'm here. Christmas. That was just wonderful. Um, I want to thank you most sincerely for being with us. You've always been so generous with your time and your knowledge and your skills, and and thank you for that. Um, And to our audience, thank you so much for listening to this conversation. I hope you take the time to listen to the entire conversation and all of our other conversations. And like Chrisma, let's all take the time to evolve and find beauty in the world around us. Have a great day.